When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Traders Use in a Nutshell for your Wednesday morning. It is the 3rd of May 2023, middle of the week. Good to be back with you over the course of the next hour. Daniel Pettigrew in the chair. We are broadcasting through SEN 11.70am in Sydney, SENQ 693am in Brisbane and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can send a text anytime, 0457 736 736. That is all before Vossi and James Magnuson this morning. Uh, for listeners through SEN 1170 AM, of course, Brandy having his RDO. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow morning. And in Queensland, it'll be Pat and Heels taking you through the breakfast show after 6 a.m. Looking forward to hearing from you, though. Plenty to talk about this morning. one 1170 or 0457-736-736. A lot of news coming out of Team this Tuesday. A bit of news from uh, the Broncos in relation to Ben Eichen as well. Phil Gould has had a few things to say about Josh Reynolds. The second Victorian team we'll talk about a bit more as well. Uh, interesting in the NRL, which you may have heard about earlier on in the week. And speaking of Victoria, Maddie Cox, host of Traders News in Melbourne, will join me in about 15 minutes. We'll talk about all things NRL, all things AFL, and anything else uh, that may pop up in our chat. So he'll join me in about 15 minutes. But most importantly, want to hear from you. 0457 736 736, our text number. Or you can call the open line 1300 01 1170 at 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Before we get to the topics of the day, again, like yesterday, a crucial EPL match being played right now. Two minutes gone. And unlike yesterday, which was at the bottom of the ladder in the relegation zone, this is for Arsenal to get back at least momentarily back to the top of the table. They sit one point behind Man City, but obviously Man City does have those games in hand. So really this you'd feel is a must win for Arsenal if they're going to be any chance to take out the EPL title. We'll talk all about it again with John Gallo tomorrow morning. Two minutes gone, Arsenal and Chelsea nil all. As I say, Arsenal is second at the moment on 75 points. So if they do win, they will leapfrog Man City. However, Man City... On 76 points, still have two games up their sleeve. So it's going to be hard to see how Arsenal, if they, especially if they don't win today, have any chance at this title. So we'll keep you across that this morning in this show and also in breakfast. Three gone. Arsenal, Chelsea, nil all in the English Premier League. Now, before we get to the news of the day, I want to hear from you this morning on 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. I saw on social media last night, of course, Magic Round coming up in Queensland in a couple of days' time. Someone on Twitter put that this is their first Magic Round, and I'm sure for a lot of people, this will be their first Magic Round. They'll be making their way to Brisbane maybe today, but more likely tomorrow or Friday. Got me thinking. Two-part question. First one. First one. And he and this person on Twitter said it's the most exciting thing in sport he thinks he's ever been to, which is great. Um, 
Two-part question. First part is, what is the best sporting event you've ever been to? The best sporting event you've ever been to can be locally here in Australia, can be overseas. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. And on the flip side of that, and you can answer both or just one, that's fine. What's the sporting event that you've never been to, but you would love to go to? Put it on your bucket list. What's the sporting event you've never been to, but you would love to go to? Is it Magic Round? Is it something else? So the best sporting event you've ever been to, and the one sporting event, or you can give me a couple, but the one sporting event that you've never been to, but you would love to go to, either here or somewhere around the world. And it could be a weekly thing, could be once a year, once a year thing, could be once every four years. What's the sporting event you loved going to and what's the sporting event you'd love to go to? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 Interested to hear from you uh, this morning on the text line on the open line at five past five. Let's have a look at some of the news of the day. Back page of the Courier-Mail this morning up in Brisbane. Uh, the Brisbane football boss, Ben Eichen, will be formally interviewed by the Queensland Rugby League to, today in a move that could see him quit the Broncos within weeks. So Eichen has been shortlisted for the QRL's chief executive's job and is the front runner to secure the position as the NRL prepares for Magic Round in Brisbane this weekend. So the development could see Eichen running rugby league in Queensland during this year's Origin Series and leave Kevin Walters Broncos without a head of football midway through this season. Now, just three weeks ago, uh, three months ago, sorry, Eichen ruled himself out of the race to replace departing QRL, the QRL boss saying at the time, I'm committed to helping Kev get the Broncos firing again. But Eichen has had a change of heart, and the Broncos football boss has rocketed into serious contention to be the head honcho of the QRL. It is understood that the QRL has whittled down a list of 70 applicants, and Eichen, a former QRL board member, has reached the final four, and they will undertake formal interviews from today. Uh... QRL chairman Bruce Hatcher says we hope to have a CEO very soon. So Ben Eich, an interesting choice, of course, part of Fox League for many, many years, uh, original host of NRL 360, went up to the Brisbane Broncos and now looking like he could be the next chief executive of Queensland Rugby League. I would say uh, that would be a pretty good appointment. Uh, as I say, back page of uh, the Courier-Mail this morning. Any thoughts on that? 0457 736 736 is our text number. You can call the open line at 1300 01 1170. Now, team this Tuesday, yesterday, some real interesting uh, scenarios. We won't go through all of them at the moment, but the Dragons. Zach Lomax dropped. Jacob Little dropped. Um, it is an interesting one. Zach Lomax, definitely, look, Lomax hasn't been in the form that he showed a couple of years ago. And it was interesting uh, that it came out, of course, the teams yesterday, because a couple of years ago, uh, it just came up on my memories. Uh, a lot of people were talking about Lomax potentially playing for New South Wales. Uh, he has not had his best 18 months to two years since then. He's been dropped. Jacob Little, who a lot of people probably thought should have been starting for the Dragons. He's been dropped as well. Anthony Griffin wielding the axe in there in the lead-up and the build-up to their game against the West Tigers as a part of Magic Ground. Um, and also, another interesting one to note, um, and Brandy spoke about this yesterday morning on breakfast in Sydney, uh, would be interesting to see what the Roosters do in terms of no Paul Momorowski, of course, Daniel Tupo out with injury as well. They're stuck with Joey Manu at 5'8", Luke Keery at halfback. 
and they've named Drew Hutchinson in the centres. Sam Walker and both uh, Billy Smith both named on the extended interchange bench. Does that just fuel the rumours a little more about if Walker does indeed not play, and we'll have to wait and see until Sunday, but does that just fuel the rumours a little more? about Sam Walker and his future at the Roosters. And bad luck for Manly and New South Wales as well. Uh, Jake Trevojevic is set to be sidelined for up to a month with a calf problem, an injury that will scratch him from contention for the opening game of the Origin Series. Uh, so that is disappointing news uh, for the Manly Seagulls in New South Wales. Uh, he, had su- he suffered a grade two tear in his calf. And looks like he's going to be out for at least a month of football. So we'll miss Origin 1. And that's also very bad news for Manly, who have been struggling a bit recently as well. Obviously, they lost to the Gold Coast Titans the other night. So bad news for New South Wales, bad news for Jake Travojevic, and bad news for the Manly Seagulls. And something we'll have a chat with Matty Cox about after the next break. And it was mentioned on Vossi and Brandy on Monday morning. Uh, but ARL Mission Chairman Peter Volandis has confirmed the NRL are ready and willing to investigate a second team in Victoria to rival the Melbourne Storm. Uh, Volandis said the code was 100%, adding the possible inclusion of an historic second NRL team in Victoria to their upcoming expansion charter. It's very, very interesting. Now, what he said, uh, he says... Um, the re- one of the reasons why we'd never rule it out is because one thing the Dolphins have proven to us is people love cross-town rivalries. Now, I didn't think Victoria, a second team in Victoria, would be on the expansion talk at all. It's a really interesting one. I, I don't think it'll happen, and I don't think it would work. Christian Welsh, though, was on SEN down in Melbourne yesterday um, and believed it would work. So it's one to have a chat with Matty Cox, but... Would you support a second Victorian team in the NRL? What do you reckon? 1300 0111 70 or 0457 736 736. So plenty to get our teeth stuck into on this Wednesday morning. We'll get to your text, your call shortly. And on the other side of this, we'll have a chat with Matty Cox in Melbourne. It is 10 past five, Wednesday morning. Tradies News in a nutshell. Yeah, Matty Cox in Melbourne will join me in a second. Uh, 14 minutes gone in the Premier League. Still nil all between Arsenal and Chelsea. Asking this morning, what's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Or the one sporting event, or some, you can give me a couple, sporting events you'd love to go to. Somewhere around the world, here in Australia. And a second Victorian team in the NRL, yes or no? 0457 736 736. Or 1-300-01-1170 as we cross to Matty Cox in Melbourne. Good morning to you, part-time Pettigrew. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Matty. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, how are you? Nice to speak to you again. Good to be here. Yeah, nice to actually have you working a day, well, which is uh, good. <laughs> Well, how many well, days in the next week are you going to be working? Uh, now, well, okay. So I worked yesterday and I worked Monday and I worked today. So that's three. I'm also working tomorrow. That's four. Going really well. Now, this is where we hit a stumbling block, unfortunately, Matty. Oh, do we? Yes. Uh, now, as part of a great research for this show, Matty, honestly, it's the only reason I'm going. I am heading up to Magic Round, which we'll have a chat about shortly. But unfortunately, because of that reason, I just have to have Friday and Monday off. But it'll be worth it for the listeners because when I return on Tuesday, I'll be able to tell the listeners all about what happened on Ma- in Magic Round. I'll do every bit of research for them uh, so they can feel like they were there as well. 
Well, I'm hearing is excuses, <laughs> excuses, excuses. Yes. But anyway, I'm not Jeremy. He's sitting up there signing the checks for you. So Correct. He can uh, he can do what he likes. <laughs> not on your leave. Actually, days and loose. So I don't actually don't think I have actually taken on. one day of annual leave this Hang year. On. You're Take suggesting to me yeah. that you work so hard yep. that you've got time in lieu. Correct. Oh, this, this is magnificent, Correct. ladies and gentlemen. Correct. Probably all entertaining you anyway. <laughs> um, let, let's get yes. stuck into the serious things because it's been a, a pretty big week down in our neck of the woods. Yeah, so I remember when I was at work a couple of weeks ago, Maddie, we were talking about uh, Gil McLaughlin and the uh, rate, or not the race, I suppose, very slow race, but... We were talking about how we were waiting to see who the new AFL CEO was going to be because I said to you, I thought I heard about this about 18 months ago. And at that point, a couple of weeks ago, nothing had really happened. But it seems uh, you guys have got a new CEO. We will. Well, a CEO. At some point. (laughs) Elect, yes. Elect, yes. It'll be uh, officially the handover dates from what we've been told will be the 2nd of October, which is a day or two after our grand mm. final. So Gil will stick around until the end of the men's season. And then Andrew Dillon has been appointed mm. as the CEO, been with the AFL for, well, since 2000, I think it is. So he's he knows the competition incredibly well. He, he knows how the administrative part of things work. So a lot of people questioning, well, why did it take so long to appoint someone who essentially works in the office next door. And I I suppose if you didn't cast the net wide to ensure that you were selecting the right candidate, then how could you guarantee that the competition will continue to go in the trajectory that it's on? So I don't mind. I I think it has been a a bit of a clunky process, just Mm. purely from the optics of it. But at the end of the day, they've got what they've wanted. They have faith that he's going to be able to carry himself. He's probably going to be a little different in style to compared to what we've seen with Gil McLaughlin. No doubt even NRL f- fans would be aware of who Gil is and his personality and, and the way that he carries himself. Andrew Dillon's going to be a little different. He, he feels as if he's a little more reserved. There's been questions about his overall presence and whether he can push his weight around a bit, but maybe that's because Gill has been so dominant and cast a bit of a shadow that we haven't seen those uh, true colours. So who knows how it's going to go, but it's an exciting appointment and we've finally got one. Yeah. um, And the feedback, is it positive? Is it negative from the fans? Uh, I'd say mixed. Yeah. I'd say there's a mixed sentiment. I, I think that the one thing that we go through during any sort of change in leadership is reflecting on what the previous leader has been able to achieve and the issues that are going to exist for the incoming leader. And for Andrew Dillon, the the big issues seem to be sorted. Tasmania, which we'll discuss in a minute, will get the green light today officially. The stadium funding announced over the weekend was crucial to everything sort of snowballing this week from our perspective. Mm. The broadcast rights were sorted last year. The the outstanding elements are the Hawthorne um, racism investigation, which continues to roll on at the moment. And there's no real deadline set for that at this stage in terms of a, a resolution presenting itself. 
And the other issue will be the players' um, agreement, which remains up in the air at the moment. There's some varying threads are part of that conversation in terms of five-day breaks to ensure that we can play Thursday night footy on a regular basis and other pay disputes, AFLW, that's all locked in. So there, there are a couple of issues that Andrew Dillon will be dealing with, but most of it's been wrapped up by Gill. And as I said, it's probably been... Well, I said mixed before. It's probably it's probably more positive than negative, but mm. there are certainly some that, while COVID was a, a great period of time for Gill, they want to make sure that it's not glossed over that there are still some issues, particularly with grassroots footy. Yeah, I was going to ask you quickly, just before we move on, the, and you mentioned uh, bits and pieces there, but the legacy of Gill, of course, uh, we know COVID, you just mentioned it, around in that period of time, but has been there for quite a long time. What do you reckon would be his lasting legacy when he does uh, leave in October? I think if you look at it purely from an expansion perspective, so obviously Tasmania is, is mm. front and centre right now, but... Gill's time at the AFL included the previous two expansion clubs in the Gold Coast and GWS. He wasn't at the helm as CEO, but he was at the AFL during that time. So he has overseen the introduction of them into the competition for the first 10 years or so. He's overseen the AFLW and pushed that incredibly hard to ensure that it was implemented Mm. and then expanded to become a whole competition. So that's another important part of his legacy. And obviously just being able to navigate the finances, the deal to get Marvel Stadium owned by the AFL, I think that was also crucial for his tenure. So they'd probably be the big pillars for me. So now we get on to the future. um, And the Tasmanian team you mentioned looks like it's going to be given the green light today. I saw, it was interesting, I was flicking around the TV channels last night. I saw Eddie Maguire on uh, one of the shows uh, last night. And he was talking about uh, how he wholeheartedly supported it, but says there could still be some issues with this Tasmanian team how is the general feedback that it now looks like it will be given the tick of approval uh, sometime today it's exciting Mm. it's exciting from the perspective that for for your listeners who may not be uh, aware Tasmania has been pushing for a team Mm. in the competition for the better part of the last 30 years I reckon they've been campaigning at various stages to try and obtain a license when the the Giants and the Suns came into the competition there was the feeling of, of disgruntled and, and being left behind, I think, would be the way of summing up the mood. And Tasmanian footy probably has suffered as a result in the last probably decade. There's been declining participation numbers. There's been um, reports of teams down there that are really struggling, folding in some cases. So in, in terms of... Um, being able to gel the state and bring it together and bring footy back to the forefront. I think it was necessary that this get over the line. And at various stages in the last 12 months, there's been concerns that it wouldn't get up, whether it be because of the stadium, whether it be because there were opposition from clubs in the AFL, existing clubs with concerns about what it would mean from an economic perspective and the amount of investment that it's going to require you think of it from the talent perspective when the two previous clubs came in it stretched and and compromised 
things a little bit. So we're heading down that path again. Are we going to be able to better manage that scenario on this occasion? But I think overwhelmingly it's exciting that one of the traditional footy states Uh. finally has a team that will represent them. And when are we expecting them to actually enter the competition? And what are they going to be called? Do we know? Well, I, on AFL 360 last night, our very own Jared Waitley brought up the fact that Warner Brothers currently has the commercial licence for the Tassie Devils. Yes. So I'm not sure how that's going to go um, down. There's some suggesting the, the Tassie Pirates or maybe the Tassie Spirit, and that'll be good oh. to get some sponsorship with the Spirit mm. of Tasmania. Very true. Who, who knows what it's going to be called? Maybe we'll get some guidance on that today. There's going to be a press conference to officially sign off. Gil's uh, heading down there today. So we're expecting some further details on what exactly the pathway for this team to enter the competition will be. Suggestions are that it could be 2027, 2028, Mm -hmm. maybe even as late as 2029 if they choose to bring the team in with the opening of the new stadium down there. So there's, I think, Mm. uh, uh, the timelines on how those two link up. Um, and, hopefully we'll get some information on that today. And that's very interesting from an NRL point of view because when the Dolphins, who are our newest team, uh, were announced, they were announced now. My dates are not might not be exactly correct, but it was either towards the end of 2020, might have been in 2021, but whatever it was, it was only a two- or three-year period. This is a much longer period for this Tasmanian team to get themselves ready to get playing in the AFL in, as you said, four, five years, six years' time. Well, and I think this is where I'm keen to lean on your advice a mm. little bit, given that the NRL has been through this in the last couple of years, more recently than what the AFL has. Was was the tight turnaround to implement this team beneficial for its success at the start of this year? Or do because of what we've seen with both the Giants and the Suns, does an expansion team need a longer lead-in to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together and lay a solid foundation so then it what does when it does enter the competition it is competitive i think probably the answer to that uh from my perspective is probably you probably need a bit of a middle ground to what the dolphins did and to what it seems that tasmania are going to do in the afl um i i think the dolphins probably and we, and it's sort of we talked about it last year, but obviously now we've seen them play and they've actually been playing pretty well. So that probably helps their cause. But there was always the chance, Maddie, that they could have started this season and not won a game. Now, obviously with Coach Wayne Bennett, that was probably never going to happen. But we weren't sure, honestly, coming into this season, how the Dolphins were going to play. And we are only nine rounds into it. So there's still a long way to go this season, I suppose. Probably if you had given them another year, then they would have had another chance, another whole year to sign a marquee player that was coming off contract from another club. But again, you could probably say that if you give them two, three, four, five years. So look, I think they were probably given enough time. Some would argue they might have needed an extra year. But now that they're off the ground, that sort of discussion, as you'd understand, has sort of gone quiet. Everyone happy with how they're doing. What will be, I think, interesting to see, and it will happen that we are going to get an 18th team. Peter Volandis has made no secret that he wants 20 teams by the time uh, the Olympics are on in Brisbane in, what, nine years' time. It'll be interesting to see how long the NRL give the new clubs coming in over the next nine or ten years, how long they give them to build, uh, get a base, get some players in, and then launch. That will be 
interesting whether they give them longer than the Dolphins or it'll be that sort of time frame. And is there concerns if you're going to rapidly expand that quickly around the talent that is available? Because that's Mm. been one of the arguments against having a Tassie team is that our talent pool in the AFL is already quite stretched. Yeah, you know, it's funny about that. And there was talk about that leading in, especially last year, leading into the Dolphins season this year, because the Dolphins don't have a marquee player. They have some very good players um, and they've signed a couple of very good players for next year as well. But they haven't got a Cam Munster. They haven't got a James Tedesco or Nathan Cleary or someone like that. So I think there was a worry about it. But we've seen how they've performed. They're playing really good footy. Yes, they're going to be inconsistent, but there's a lot of teams, Maddie, that are in the NRL competition that have been around a lot longer than the Dolphins this year that have been inconsistent as well. So I wouldn't be saying it's just purely that. I think the one thing that has been raised um, this year now that that issue has sort of been swept aside because I do think there is enough talent, not just in the NRL, but also in our reserve grade competitions in both the New South Wales and Queensland Cups. The other thing that has been brought a little up a little bit is the coaches. Um, is there enough quality coaches around to be able to get to 18, 19, then 20 teams? Now, there's a lot of coaches without jobs at the moment, um, and no doubt they can coach, but do they have a premiership quality to them? And would the Dolphins be as successful now if they didn't have Wayne Bennett coaching them. Um, And what we're going to see with whoever the 18th team is, and we'll have a chat about that in a second, what we're going to see there is more than likely it's not going to have a Bennett, a Bellamy, a Trent Robinson coaching them. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next few years as well. And and that's one of the pivotal discussions now is who are the figures that that are going to get this Tasmanian club off the ground that are going to create that Mm. culture and because... Some have suggested that that was one of the reasons that the Giants and the Suns have struggled to to capture the, the hearts and minds of the locals in their regions is because the, the culture that was established originally perhaps wasn't as strong as what it could be. So mm. all these sorts of conversations and arguments are going to be interesting to watch as we prepare for Tasmania to uh, enter the AFL competition in a couple of years' time, which could be around the same time as a second NRL team in Melbourne, if we're led to believe the reports conveniently that have arrived on our table this morning. Good old uh, push-ahead Pete has done his job with the media. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Just a quick one before I know you've got a couple of things to raise with me. Second Victorian team. It was, in fairness, actually brought up uh, on the breakfast show on Sydney through SCN 1170 on Monday. So Uh, I'll blame Vossie and Brandy then, will I? No, blame. uh, Don't don't blame anyone, actually. But uh, (laughs) Do I I blame the panel operator of the show? Yes, you can. You can. And host of Trady's Dues. But look, it it was mentioned, um, and it sort of... Sort of has come out of nowhere. Expansion hasn't. There's a lot of talk about that, as I mentioned. Uh, Christian Welsh was actually on SEN, a uh, Melbourne Storm player uh, in Melbourne yesterday, saying he was surprised to hear it, but he thinks it's unlikely to happen, but it could work. I, I don't know. I sort of equated. Look, the Melbourne Storm are a very successful franchise. They've got a nice piece of the Melbourne market. No doubt about that. They're important to rugby league. But in my opinion, in my eyes, if you put a second team in Melbourne or in Victoria, I reckon it could end up very much like GWS has in Sydney, where there is a little bit of interest, but not a great interest in them. No, and it's almost, if you want to extend it further to the big bash, you look at mm. where the, the so Adelaide Strikers, Perth Scorchers, Hobart Hurricanes, that the one-team towns 
that are able to garner the entire fan base so that everyone can support them. It, it's a lot different atmosphere compared to Melbourne and, and Sydney where it, it's divided and you're almost unsure where, where you stand. I feel as if that would be the same if there was another NRL team in this city. Mm. Having said that, may, maybe an option would be to send them down the road to Geelong or into a, a big regional centre yep. to, to help create that divide. Maybe that's a, an option, but... I don't understand why why wouldn't there be the appetite to take the NRL to a more national stage and maybe put a team down in Tassie or send it over to WA? Is is that in the forecast? Well, I would be saying, Perth, I've said for uh, many years, in fact, look, no offence to the Dolphins who have been good. And I think, look, another team in Queensland probably was needed because it is one of the heartlands of rugby league. But... Uh, there's talk about a Pacifica team to be based out of potentially Cairns. A second New Zealand team is also on the cards. But my thing is, uh, look, I think Perth is a great place for the next NRL team to be. I think that would be where I would be looking first and then look maybe at other places after that. Uh, and for a couple of reasons. Firstly, for TV, it worked brilliantly for TV, uh, obviously with the time difference. And also whenever we've taken NRL matches, uh, obviously State of Origin matches as well, over to Western Australia, over to Perth. There's been a big crowd there. There's enough of an expat community uh, that would get into rugby league. And I honestly think, and I know we did have a Perth team many, many years ago during the Super League War and, and all of that, but I honestly think now if it was done well and treated right, they would be a pretty big success, this Perth team. So that's where I would be looking next before we look at second teams of Victoria and a second team in New Zealand. Yes, I'd probably be going there next, but Perth would be where I'd be going to first. And then after that, uh, look at some of the other markets. Interesting times ahead for both of our codes. Now, just quickly, yes. news yesterday that the Melbourne Storm are going to be playing a couple of home and away games at Marvel Stadium as a result of the FIFA Women's World Cup uh, taking place at Amy Park. So it means that venue is unavailable in the uh, mid to late part of the season for the NRL. But it's not the only venue that's going to be compromised during this period, is it? No. So that's interesting. Of course, the Storm used to play games uh, there on a regular basis. Uh, the Roosters, and this is just off the top of my head, the Roosters will be playing a couple of games back at the SCG, which is not... That unusual for them because they did play there the last few years when Allianz Stadium was getting renovated. And even the Broncos are going to have to play at least one game at the Gabba, which is, I don't know, maybe listeners in Queensland would know more than me, but I don't know if a game of rugby league, a professional game of rugby league NRL has ever been played at the Gabba. So, look... It is an interference to the NRL, um, but there's nothing that they can do about it. And at the end of the day, it's such a big sporting event. It's probably the biggest sporting event to be held anywhere in the world this year. So I don't think they can complain. And also, they've had a lot of time to schedule around this. Fans, I, I don't know, Maddie, if fans are totally aware of it yet, um, that they're going to be playing at different grounds. But look, the draw has been scheduled nicely uh, that there's at not as much interference as there could have been. Um, but still, yeah, I think it's in the, in the end, Matty, about six weeks that those grounds are out of action. But the good news in terms of rugby league point of view is that by the end of uh, the World Cup and the finals, we'll have all those grounds back ready to go. So a bit of interference towards the late part of the season, but then good to go during the finals, which is good. NRL just piggybacking off the AFL grounds again. Geez, we're a nice sport. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Magic round the flat too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, they're two big ones. Yes. Um, the Magic round mm. this weekend, which you've already alluded to, you're wandering off on a junket too. Um, <laughs> what, what, what's exciting you about it? Pay for everything, Manny. Um, uh, look, I just think, uh, look, I went up there last year, and I know AFL just had gather round as well. You saw the success of that two or three weeks ago. Uh, fourth uh, version of Magic Round. There'll be some awesome games, but I, I just think, um, and from anyone that, and I know there will be some listeners who uh, probably listening to you in Melbourne that might be flying up to Queensland. I know a lot of our listeners will be through Sydney and Queensland, but I just think the feel of the whole city over the weekend, the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, it's just amazing. Everyone that I ran into last year, Matty, were in a great mood, just enjoying themselves, enjoying the footy, enjoying a good time. It is like one big party, um, and it is a great um, advertisement for the NRL, for Rugby League as well. Uh, should be some really good games there as well. We've seen right throughout the entire season leading up to this, ratings are up, crowns are up. Uh, expect that to be the same this weekend. It's just it's a really good vibe for the city. And as I think I spoke to you about a few weeks ago, 30,000 visitors it attracts, $28 million into the Queensland revenue this weekend. So Queensland will be happy with it. And I think it's just going to be another really, really good weekend. And hopefully everyone enjoys it. Weather should be good. Um, and hopefully the Suncorp Stadium playing service can hold up to all eight games. A bit of a question mark on that. Uh, so we don't want to be seeing any major injuries. But no, it should be a really good weekend. And uh, everyone really looking forward to it that's heading up there in, over the next couple of days for the first game on Friday night. The key word in that in explanation that you gave us, it's mm. a party-like atmosphere. No wonder you're heading up. Well, uh, yes, yes. I've just, look, I'm just doing research, Matty. You know that. Oh, yeah, well done. Research for what job? You, uh, hardly, you, you hardly turn <laughs> up for work. <laughs> look, my listeners know I'm dedicated to the course. I was actually, oh. I was actually thinking of maybe documenting my trip somehow to, uh, I, I don't know, uh, Entertain the listeners. I don't know. Uh, I'll... Enter, entertain. Yes, entertain. entertain. That doesn't yes. bore people witless. <laughs> Nothing will. Oh, Thank you. Alan Belford Jones. He's a regular <laughs> texter here. We're excited to hear himself on radio. Uh, I might let you go now, Maddie. I will be here though next Wednesday. So I'll oh. give you a review of Magic Round. Looking forward to it. Part time. Thanks for your time this morning. <laughs> Thank you. Speak to you next week. <laughs> Uh, yes, Matty Cox in Melbourne talking all things sport. Now, whilst that conversation has been going on, we love uh, talking to Matty. Arsenal have gone 3-0 up against Chelsea after 37 minutes, which means if it stays that way, Arsenal will move to 78 points on the ladder. Man City on 76 points, but Man City still do have uh, two games in hand. Uh, but Arsenal 3, Chelsea nil after 37 minutes of play. Uh, now, this one's an interesting one before a break. Uh, Cooper Cronk has cast doubt on whether Brisbane have enough gears to win a premiership as we await Brisbane to play on Friday night against Manly. Now, uh, it's being said in the Daily Telegraph in an interview with him. Um, he go, said, I don't have a lot of confidence. Last year still rings a bell for me. What was it? Fourth after 19 rounds. And what did they do after that? Interesting comment from Cooper Cronk. And I'd like to get your thoughts before we head out of here today, before the breakfast shows get underway. Can Brisbane win the comp? Now, they've only lost two games this year. Lost to the Raiders, and we saw what happened against South Sydney last Friday night. Um, I would be prepared, and I think I said this on Monday, I'd be prepared to give them the benefit of the doubt for that loss to South. It was very close at half time. And they do have a couple of key players missing from their side. But I'm sure that 
some Broncos fans might have been a little concerned about that performance, even taking away the fact they were missing a couple of players against a premiership heavyweight in South Sydney. I don't know whether they can go on to win the competition. They've made a very good start to the competition, and all they can do is keep winning. But do you agree with Cooper Cronk that potentially the Broncos don't have enough gears to match the likes of South Sydney, Penrith, the Roosters, and teams like that? Or do you think he's wrong? Do you think he can, they can go all the way in 2023? It's a really interesting one, and I think we'll learn more uh, this Friday night against Manly and, well, over the next few weeks, although uh, they will be hit a little by origin. It's an interesting one. We may not know the answer. Well, we will not know the answer about where the Broncos sit for many, many weeks. But are you agreeing with Cooper Cronk that you're a little concerned if the Broncos can go that extra gear when needed? Or do you think they have the team that can do so? Look, I have no doubt the Broncos are going to be in and around the finals for a long time to come. They've got some very good young players. But are they at that stage this year that compete with the big teams when it counts? Interesting. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Also, uh, for you this morning, and we'll get to your texts. Apologies. We'll get to them after the next break. Magic round, of course, this weekend. What's the best sporting event you've ever been to? Or the sporting events that you've never been to that you'd love to go to, that are on your bucket list? What are they? It doesn't just have to be here. It can be overseas. I've never been to an English Premier League game. I've been to a championship game. Uh, the division below, but never an English Premier League game. What's on your sporting bucket list and what have you already done? 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. And the second Victorian team, we had a chat with Matty Cox about it. Would it work? I still think Perth should be the 18th team. But would you like to see a second Victorian team? Maybe down in Geelong, maybe somewhere else. Maybe keep targeting the AFL. I, I think there are other places to look beforehand. But what about you? one 1170 or 0457-736-736. Your text next. It is 18 minutes to six. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Uh, 14 to six. Now, before I run out of time, uh, which we usually do at the end of the show, uh, tomorrow, big show now, as has been pointed out by Matty Cox, not on air Friday. I won't be here Monday either, but I'll be back Tuesday. Uh, just doing some research, Magic Round, but a big show for you tomorrow morning. Charlie Goodso will join me. We'll preview Magic Round. Usually do it on a Friday, but... We'll do it tomorrow for you on a Thursday. Uh, Chris Perkins from America as well. And John Gallo with the English Premier League. Speaking of, Arsenal leading 3-0. So big show tomorrow morning from 5am uh, for your Thursday morning. Do not miss it. Let's get to your text. 0457 736 736. Open line is 1300 01 1170. This from the Yeovil Treatment. Uh, hi, Dan. Uh, for me, I can't imagine any sporting event ever surpassing the Sydney 2000 Olympics. So many sports, easily accessible, and an amazing atmosphere. Uh, yes, well, the Sydney Olympics, uh, I was only 10 when they were on. Um, but I remember the vibe around Sydney and people in Brisbane, uh, what, nine years away? We mentioned with Matty Cox, 2032, uh, the Brisbane Olympics, I think going to be pretty much the same. It's going to be a really exciting time for everyone involved. Um, the Olympics, just a great atmosphere. And he also says, would love to attend the Tour de France as much for the scenic backdrops as for the athletic prowess of the riders. Yes, Tour de France would be fantastic. He also says, I think a second team in Melbourne is an interesting option with Melbourne now the largest city in Australia. The AFL bit the bullet to set up two teams in New South Wales and Queensland. So if the NRL has the money, 
creating crosstown rivals in Victoria is worth considering that from the Yeovil treatment. What is interesting, and we didn't have time to discuss it with Manny Cox, but it is interesting that the AFL put GWS uh, into Sydney, as we know, the Swans successful. GWS have made a grand final, but the level of interest when you compare the Swans to GWS, Swans uh, still have a lot more interest than GWS. And the Gold Coast Suns, of course, up in the Gold Coast. It could happen one day, a second Victorian team. I just don't know if that's where I would go to as the 18th team. I think there are other areas that we could look at. Perth, second team in New Zealand. Central Coast is probably another area that people would be wondering about as well. Uh, this from the Kingswood Welder. Hello, Nutshell Dan. Fave sporting event I've been to was during the 90s at Eastern Creek Raceway, the Winfield Triple Challenge. Touring cars, bikes and drag racing all in one venue. On one day and into the night, one sporting event I want to get to is Goodwood, Goodwood Festival of Speed over in the UK. Yes, I'm a petrol head. That from the Kingswood Welder. Thank you, Kingswood Welder. Um, hi, Dan. The last game of rugby league to be played at the Gabba. Uh, this goes back to our conversation that we were talking about with uh, Matty Cox because the Broncos are going to be playing a game at the Gabba a little later on this year. Uh, at, at least one game, was a test back in 1956, a test between Australia and New Zealand. Thank you for that information. So 1956 is the last test uh, to be played there, the last match to be played at the Gabba. This one from Dan, bucket list, number one, the Super Bowl. Yes, I think many would agree with you. Number two, Ashes tests at Lords and the Oval. Yeah, well, still tickets may be available for this year. Uh, the flight... Might cost you a bit. Uh, number three, World Cup football final. Oh, that would be so good. That would be very good. Um, and this one, hi, Rossi here. The best sporting event, and I've been to all the big ones, is a British Lions tour. Thank you, Rossi. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And, and they're coming out again in 2025. A few more texts there. I'll get to them in just a second. It's coming up to 10 to 6. 0457 Our text number, call the open line, one 1170 all right, let's whip through the text over the next uh, minute. This uh, from Kingswood Welder. He says, research how the liver functions. Thank you. Yes, uh, we'll uh, be uh, drinking responsibly, of course. Arthur says, best sporting event, World Cup final. There is only one, Super Bowl, Kentucky Derby. Thank you, Arthur. Uh, Dan says, 2000 Olympics, watching this water polo. No idea the rules, but we won, beating the USA. Best sporting event, 2003 Rugby World Cup semi-final, beating those Kiwis, but unfortunately losing the final to bloody England and the 2015 Cricket World Cup final. Uh, thank you, Dan. Uh, Joel says, Maddie said the NRL is piggybacking off AFL grounds, but doesn't the AFL piggyback off cricket grounds anyway? Thank you. Good text, Joel. I'll pass that on. Uh, Chard from Brisbane says, best sporting weekend I have had is doing both the AFL and NRL grand finals on the same weekend. The AFL grand final is the best sporting event in Australia. I'd love to go to Seattle Seahawks home game. That would be amazing. Thank you, Chard. And this one from Port Adelaide Dragon. D-Train went to the Olympics in terms of atmosphere. It was like a primary school sports carnival compared to live. And Chookman, sa Chookman says, hi, Dan. Looking forward to Magic Round. Let's hope Sandcorp holds up. Thank you for all your texts. I'll be back tomorrow morning from 5 a.m. News, then breakfast across uh, New South Wales and Queensland. Have a great Wednesday. See you tomorrow, 5 a.m.